Hey guys, welcome to the 75th episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I'm joined by three guests. I've got Scott from the 20th Century Geek podcast and I've got Chris and Dave from both the Comics in Motion podcast and the VHS Strikes Back podcast for a big collaboration all about Star Wars. If you haven't already seen on social media, then you may not actually be aware of this, but essentially Comics in Motion, VHS Strikes Back, Tony Century Geek, and also Genuine Chit Chat here, um, we're all basically collaborating as a run-up to The Rise of Skywalker. We're all big fans of Star Wars. Um, obviously, Episode Nine is the end of not only the trilogy of the sequels, but also the whole Skywalker saga, until Disney probably decided in 10 years' time to reboot it again. But, ignoring that, at the moment it seems like the end, so we thought it was a really good chance as a build-up to kind of uh, look back on all the episodes of Star Wars of the main saga you know we don't delve deep into legends or the series or anything like that it's just the eight films that are out in the skullker saga we don't even really talk about solo or rogue one very much either now on social media and in the description there's a bit more uh, information about this but just as a quick brief um it's going to be i think the episode is already out on the vhs strikes back and the comics and motion podcast feed um that is our in-depth look at a new hope um that's the four of us just talking about that and sort of how brilliant it was in certain ways how it was not so brilliant in other ways uh how it affected us etc that sort of thing uh and then we've got obviously this episode um which you guys should know by the name of the episode that it's all about episode seven and eight and us just talking about what our thoughts were of the force awakens and the last jedi i believe this wednesday um scott of 20th century geek should be releasing his first episode of this collaboration um, which will either be a review of the prequels or it be a review of the originals i have a feeling it might be the originals because that's what we recorded first but essentially as a brief what we've got all in all there's going to be um, five episodes generally because this is going to be a two-parter so you've got vhs strikes back and comics in motion doing the review of a new hope you've got 20th century geek with the prequel review as well as the original review and then you've got this part which is review of the sequels we have so far of episode seven and eight and then the episode i'll be releasing next week is going to be speculation for episode nine so that's what you guys can expect um from this channel this week and next week after that i'll be getting back into the sort of normal swing of things having different guests on talking about a bit of everything Thing. but these episodes are very much star wars centric and i really really recommend all of you guys go and check out the other episodes um, because it's so much fun to be able to collaborate with these guys we had a great laugh and occasionally we'll reference other podcasts the other ones that we did with each other in this collaboration so i think it just works really really well to kind of just listen to all five of the things that are going to be released if you're as excited for star wars as we are that's more or less it from me, guys. Uh, there's not going to be a promo this week um, because, you know, it's a big collaboration with loads of other podcasts or three other podcasters. So in that regard, and also it's my 75th episode. So, you know, why not? Um, so, you know, I'll be back at the end of the chat to sort of give a bit more detail of what's coming up next and some of the other things to do with the channel. But yeah, that's I generally keep sort of the rambling to the end of the show. I try and keep this intro a bit short, especially if you guys are new listeners and things. Don't want to fend you off too quickly because I know how frustrating it is when someone just talks for ages at the start, which is exactly what i'm doing right now so you know check out on social media share subscribe go check out the other guys that sort of thing and yeah i'll be back at the end to talk to you guys a bit more welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton Okay, and I am joined today by, well, it's basically another part of our wonderful Star Wars collaboration that hopefully everyone will be familiar with by now. Um, so I've got Chris and Dave from the Comics of Motion and the VHS Strikes Back podcasts, and I've got Scott from the uh, 20th Century Geek podcast. So uh, hello to all three of you. Hey, Mike. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having us again. <laughs> no worries. Uh, well, thanks for you guys having me first, really. I was hoping you'd all say hello exactly the same time, but maybe I'll just edit it. So it you, sounds you can that edit way. that in. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds perfect and smooth. Like, we've all got harmonized. <laughs> we've got this hive mind going on. But um, in this wonderful hive mind, uh, obviously, I'll include in the description and in the intro and outro and thing, or more so the intro, I'll explain the other sort of stuff that's going on. So we can kind of uh, get straight into it. Um, but it's essentially just talking about uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, uh, and then what we think is going to happen in The Rise of Skywalker. So, uh, jumping off from that, I thought we would just basically kind of uh, say our thoughts uh, on the sort of Force Awakens first, kind of not too long, but a bit enough to kind of flush out the ideas and things. Same with Last Jedi, and then we'll spend the majority of the chat kind of speculating on uh, what we think is to come, what we want to come, and our fears and worries and things. Of, uh, I'm sure there are many. So, um, if we start off then. Um, We'll go with The Force Awakens, obviously, chronological. Uh, Scott, do you want to jump off just from, with The Force Awakens, obviously, a little bit of 
were you excited? Were you not? And then first impressions, and then if you've if if it's changed at all a little bit in a sense. Sorry, there's a lot to just suddenly spray on you one go. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The, I'll, ke- I'll one keep sentence. all of all that, that brief. in one sentence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I have to admit, like, it's it, when they first announced that they were going to do Force Awakens. Obviously, sort of uh, Disney had bought. Uh, Lucasfilm off George Lucas and they told us what they were going to do which was, it was going to happen um, and there were sort of snippets of what they were going to do I was tentatively excited um, I think the thing that was really sort of key was it couldn't be any worse than the prequels mm. in many respects so I was like, okay, now I see, you know, Disney yeah, there are evil overlords but they're actually, they produce good stuff so I was actually quite looking forward to it. I was, I was, I was, you know, tentatively excited. Uh, when I first saw it, I was blown away. I really enjoyed this. I saw it in uh, IMAX, and um, it 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 hit that nostalgia button. And I know we, in the previous sort of episodes, we ripped on sort of New Hope and a few of the others, but it brought back that nostalgia. Like it really kicked in. Like it felt like Star Wars to me. Like the prequels never did. Um, so I really enjoyed it, and it's been one of them actually that. I've gone back to um, of the eight that exist at the moment. It's probably the, the probably the top three that I've gone back to um, over time, um, and watched it again recently, obviously for this. And yeah, I still I still really enjoy it. I think it has problems. Like it mm. definitely has problems. Um, but overall, I think it's a really good film. I think it's sort of it's got a good pace. It's got a good cast. Um, it's it's got a good energy. Like you know, it brings in. The, uh, the nostalgia, so you get the older cast, but the, the younger cast really do bring something to it to bring in the sort of that next generation. So, no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Force Awakens. Yeah, okay, awesome. Well, um, I'll just briefly say then my opinion quick, which is basically I agree with basically everything you said, especially the feel with prequels and things. That is very much uh, what I was thinking about, and we'll discuss it a bit more as it go on. But yeah, it felt a lot more like Star Wars than the prequels kind of did and things. Mm. So um, so bouncing off that then, um, uh, Dave, do you want to go uh, next on your opinion? Yeah, so I think I'd gone from not being interested at all. You know, I'd been burned and by the prequels and I was just like you know what I'm done with this but as Scott said you know Disney do churn out some good stuff they they're good at you know turning the handle and and producing these things and then when it was when that first trailer dropped and I think I remember posting on you know Facebook probably at the time and I was like okay Star Wars you've got me I'm interested now it's like (laughs) that's it I'm in you know all the music and everything it looked it felt like Star Wars and so the first time I saw it, I was actually, I went down to London. It was the day after the European premiere and the theatre was absolutely packed. And as soon as the music comes up, you know, the hairs on my arms are standing up and it hit all those notes. You know, it was definitely, you felt it at the time. It was definitely a new hope, but I hadn't gone back and watched you know a new hope for for a long time and so it just as scott said it hit all the right notes for me the fact that they used a lot more in terms of practical effects um you know just i think that gave it more of a star wars feel the fact that they started off on jakku which kind of looks like tatooine you know again it just <laughs> all it, it just tickled my fancy in every way that uh, i wanted it to but <laughs> what I've got to say is, having gone through the previous six, as we have done for the list last couple of weeks, I've rewatched it again, and I found myself getting more and more annoyed. I was like an angry old man just shouting at a cloud. Uh, how <laughs> it's just ripped off A New Hope. And and even though I'd liked it on those first few watches, this time, having watched A New Hope so closely, you know, I was just like, oh, there's nothing original about this at all. And I, I'm sure you guys have all seen Family Guy. I mean, Peter Griffin is an absolute idiot at best. And he comes up with this idea that he's going to do a Jaws-like film and he's going to call it Bigger Jaws. And for me, I was watching it thinking Force Awakens is bigger, A New Hope. You know, it's like, ah, the Empire's gone, uh, but we've got the New Order. And, you know, the Death Star that was a moon, well, it's now a planet. 
And I was just like, oh, this is fucking terrible fan fiction. And more than that, you know, I was so happy at the end of Return of the Jedi. And now I'm thinking, what was all that fucking yubnub all about? All all the Ewoks dancing was bad enough, but then you've got Lucas inserting the whole galaxy, celebrating the, 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 you know, destroying the Empire. But it was all for naught. So it was a big change around for me, to be honest. (laughs) But I think I'm going to be in the minority. So there we go. That's very interesting. Well, um, I'll let, uh, instead of just blacking him out, I'll let Chris go next. Uh, and then after that, I'll give a more in-depth version of my opinion Then we can kind of spring from there. So, uh, yeah, Chris, go ahead, mate. Yeah, so for the change, I'm not being the bad guy out of my and Dave's partnership on this one. I absolutely love The Force Awakens. I remember the first couple of trailers uh, were released and I was like, oh, this this is looking the business. And, and the second trailer especially was when we actually got to see Han Solo and Chewie when he comes into the Millennium Falcon and says, Chewie, we're home. Mm. And I watched like a little, I'm not going to say, no, I was going to say a little girl, but not like a little girl, but just like a little child um, who watched the YouTube reveal of people watching that trailer and there's like a, a bit of a Brady Bunch caption of about 15 people watching it from all different parts of YouTube and different ones crying and that. And I'll be honest with you, I've proper gone at that point when I watched the trailers. So I absolutely all in. I went to the midnight launch that you said, Matt, uh, Scott, I went to the IMAX and just call you Max and I meant IMAX. I went to watch an IMAX 3D, even though the 3D didn't really do anything other than when I think Ray was uh, flying the Millennium Falcon. And I was all in. I watched it twice in its opening week. I've watched it. I must have watched this probably about 15 times since it's been out. Absolutely love it. I sent Dave a picture earlier on. I actually bought the Steel Book Edition when it first came out, Blu-ray. Mm. And then my wife, at Christmas, it must have been 2016, six months later after I bought it, she has got me the Collector's Edition with the full hologram uh, lightsaber on the front, the inside sleeve has got like Han Solo, Princess Leia. I think I've got five copies of the movie. And, oh, nice. um, <laughs> so it's it's not because of my absolute love as it's one of my best films ever, but this got me more than anything. And it certainly got me more than the fucking shitty prequels, even though I did like Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> because this is what I wanted in a Star Wars movie. And I think probably being of privileged nature, as we all are, as we've got older, the fact that it's got a 4K shine on it, and I, I just, I'm all in on these. I, I really am, and I, I love it. There is stuff wrong. I think there's some dodgy stuff with Finn. Really, it narks me the way. But we'll get into that, obviously. But uh, the way he sort of just switches, and there's a couple of convenient stuff. But for me, this is what Star Wars is all about. And 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 I agree with what Scott said. It's in my top. I'd probably say it's my second favorite. Star Wars movie closely by Rogue One, to be honest. Mm, that's very interesting. I mean, everything you guys have said are pretty much on point. I mean, for me, this this film was like The Phantom Menace was for you guys. Because obviously for me, the prequels have kind of already always been about. I remember going to see Revenge of the Sith at the cinema. Uh, I didn't actually like it very much when I first saw it. And as time goes on, I like it more. Um, and then when this came out, the trailer really got me. I was like, um, if there's a film I'm going to see, I generally try not to watch the trailer. Because generally it just kind of puts scenes in that you kind of like, as an example, like an inaction film. If you watch, there's always like a helicopter crashing. Well, then you know whenever they're on the helicopter even though you have only have to remember one second of the trailer that will ruin the helicopter bit because you'll just wait for it to crash so i i try that's an example so i try not to watch trailers too much but this trailer dropped and obviously this film came out 10 years after revenge of the sith um and for people who've listened to this podcast i may have said it previously um either in this collaboration or anyone who listens to genuine chit chat is uh my dad passed away before this was announced and obviously star wars is a very big thing about mine and dad's uh, relationship and things so when this got announced unbeknownst to me i was getting very emotional about it because of reasons i only kind of realized uh you know after the fact and i remember watching that trailer there's a specific score that comes in i remember listening to that when the soundtrack came out on repeat um when you see the laser from uh star killer base go past kylo ren and you've just got this really strong noise and i remember watching the trailer and that bit would just get me really warm in a sense it would get that sort of that star warsy feeling and i've watched that trailer like from i think it came out december i watched it from september to december every week until mid-november and then i watched it basically just every day i was just literally just one trailer it's only about two minutes long just every day came um so i got really excited for this as well and then i found i watched it 
And I, much like um, I think a couple of you basically watched it, loved it immediately, thought it was incredible. But then I heard all the criticism about it and then it kind of started to dwindle my own thoughts about it. And that's kind of how I felt with Last Jedi in some way. We'll get to Last Jedi in a minute, but that's that's kind of how I felt. So, But I will agree, this is definitely... It feels more Star Wars in the prequels. It is a very safe one. Um, I think someone at my work said, I don't know if you guys have said it before, but people dub it basically a new New Hope, which is very similar to what mm. you guys have said, which is just, it is, yeah, as you say, New Hope, but bigger and air quotes better. Um, so we all generally basically enjoy this film, um, <clears throat> except Dave. Uh, <laughs> he used to like it less and less each time. Um but that's cool. Um, now, before we get into sort of some of the, the gropes of that, I just want your general idea of your thoughts on uh, The Last Jedi as well. Uh, and then after that, we'll kind of get into the sort of the more specific bits about it and then we'll get to the speculation. So um, if we go in sort of uh, reverse order, if Chris, if you want to say your opinion on uh, Last Jedi first. Yeah, well, I've literally just finished watching it in the last couple of hours. Oh, nice. uh, again, it was midnight launch. I've seen it before, but this is the third time I've watched it. So mm. midnight launch, it came out. I was there. I watched it twice in its opening week and I haven't touched it. And now when I first watched it, absolutely loved it. Second time I enjoyed it. And I think I went with the family to watch it. And a couple of them were like, yeah, it was good that, but it wasn't good to force awakens. And like you say, Mike, I think sometimes you, you don't mean to, but you do get sort of influenced by your surroundings. And, and I think I started convincing myself. I mean, the, the one thing that I still, even watching it now, I can live with it is the Luke Skywalker thing, depending on what happens in Rise of Skywalker. So I, I hold judgment until we've got the full trilogy. Mm. But as a movie, and I messaged Dave this before, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, and I think this has pushed this way. This is not, I know we haven't got a very high bar with the Phantom Menace and stuff like that, but you know I like Return of the Jedi. And I think at the moment, we're probably looking at I'd say Turn of the Jedi, Force Awakens, Rogue One, this a close second joint with A New Hope, to be honest, because I actually really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a cracky movie. It's got some proper feel bits that get you, proper lump in the throat bits if you're invested in the characters with Leia and stuff like that. And I definitely love it. And and I think for me, and and it's going to be controversial, we'll get into it, I think this movie has got, for me, me personally, the best Star Wars scene at the whole uh, eight movies so far mm, interesting interesting um and then uh, to dave do you want to uh crack your uh, opinion on the last year let's see if it's polar opposite i, I just, just want to know what the <laughs> what which scene do you mean it's, yeah it's when ray and uh kylo take out yeah Snow we probably time. didn't mention spoilers did we but we, we're gonna spoil the crap out this of is everything good. I'll, put, I'll put it yeah in, you'll yeah, do, i'll put it in the, the intro i'll say if you haven't watched yeah. them yeah cool cool so I don't understand that. Well, right. I kind of understand the hate that this movie gets. I, I've got a friend who updates me on a weekly basis, pretty much, about how um, Disney appreciate that they've really fucked up, and you know it's all going to be written out of canon and stuff, and it is never going to happen. Um, <laughs> nope. And I can see, you know, certainly if you worship Luke Luke Skywalker from the original trilogy, the way they handled him, I don't think was great. There are little bits of the movie which grate on me a bit as just being a bit too comedic, like where uh, Ray's reaching out and Luke's there. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, I can feel the force. And he's got like a leaf. And he's going, yeah, yeah, can you feel the force, can you? And it's just like, oh, come on. It's it's a little bit more common. Why is that? So, Hmm. but I don't... (sighs) I don't hate it. And actually, I remember coming out of the cinema and I, I loved it. I think they could drop quite a lot. They could have edited, you know, this down to two hours. The whole Casino Royale thing, I could really have done without. And then it, it seemed like they were trying to play around with the fact that, you know, Star Wars is very black and white, isn't it? It's goodies versus baddies. And they wanted to muddy that up a bit and get you questioning, well, who is who are the goodies and who are the baddies in this universe? You know, sometimes it's just about warmongering. But overall, I think I, I still really enjoyed it. Like I say, I think it's more, it'd be better as a two-hour film. But, you know, the action scenes, I tell you what, the, the opening action scene from this was just fantastic. And genuinely, you know, Poe in, in both movies, I think has some great lines. You know, in the first one, he's talking to Kylo Ren. He's like, 
are you going to talk first or do I do I talk first? How does, how does this work? And of course, when he's talking to Hux and he's pretending that he can't hear him, he gets me every time. It's just, you know, ginger, pasty one, you know, it's just brilliant. So I, I do like this movie. I think that there's a bit which I know we've spoken about on email off air, so I'm not going to steal Scott's thunder. Uh, but that is a particularly poor scene as well. Um, but yeah, overall, really enjoyed it. That's cool. And just before I get to Scott, I'll give you some a little bit of trivia because now it's my show. I can choose how much <laughs> trivia comes into it. <laughs> no, uh, but um, that Oscar Isaac scene, funnily enough, um, he actually, that was meant to be silent and then Ren was meant to say something. But Oscar Isaac ad-libbed saying, oh, so you do talk first, I talk first, you talk first. And uh, JJ liked it so much, they kept that in. So it's nice, nice. to see that that is actually is like, in the starting scene that is one of my favourite parts in Force Awakens like as in the little nice tidbits and it was Oscar Isaac ad-libbing which is cool but um, before delving too deep into that sort of thing uh, Scott what's your opinion on uh, Last Jedi? Yeah I think we, we, keep, we keep changing roles in this so I'm, I'm actually going to be <laughs> slightly bad cop on this one I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's like a batter. you're not allowed it's like a it's not me. It is. It around. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny it's funny you say baton right because when I first saw this I, I went in again I, I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan actually I mean I really like Brick I think it's a great film I'm uh, I like Looper you know I, I know it's not you know a hugely successful film I thought Looper was good yeah I really like Looper and I can't wait to see Knives Out like so I'm actually you know a, a Ryan Johnson fan I think he's a great director so when I found out he was writing and directing this I was thinking oh great we are we're going to get some great dialogue we're probably going to get a really interesting intricate plot so I was going into this with pretty high expectations off of my um, enjoyment of Force Awakens. And then you come out two and a half hours later, and I remember just frowning and thinking, like, what was that all about? Like you said, like it's two and a half hours long, but doesn't need to be more than like an hour 45. Um, you know, there's there's bits in it that could easily be res- resolved. Um, whole subplots that seem to go nowhere and, and don't seem to serve a purpose. Like like you said about sort of Rose and uh, Finn going off to the whole other planet and then that not really paying off and they get they get um, Benicio del Toro to come back and all this other stuff. And it's like right, fine. That's it. Looks some of that looks good. Some of it looks terrible and actually <laughs> doesn't serve a great deal in the plot other than to set up the finale, which is okay. We've got to have people in different places so that we can have a battle at diff- at different levels like we have in the past. It doesn't seem to do anything. I just, I just, yeah. Again, like the whole film's a chase film. It's a really slow chase film. <laughs> That's it, but in, you know. And when Poe, I'm going, I'm going to spoil it, but like I say, so, but when Poe, um, Dameron actually sort of mutinies, all of that could have been solved if what's her face, Admiral, what's her name, Aldo, Holden. Aldo. I just said, oh, Poe, yeah, you know, I know you, 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 you know, you know you're hot tempered fool, but actually, here's what I'm planning to do. And he'd have gone, oh, oh, all right, fair enough. Bump, sorted. Like the whole, there was just so Sorry. so much of that that just Can I jump me. in as well? Because I think they won up that later yeah. when Luke comes in. He literally, he, he has a moment with Leia and he could just say, look, I'm kind of projecting myself while yeah. I'm out there distracting that lot. Get yourself out of this cave. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Poe has to have a little bit of dialogue to say, Oh, he's doing this all for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, exactly. Come on, that, that was really, really forced. That. Yeah, and the, 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 let's talk about Leia. Like, say, you know, and and I see what Chris has put as his son is Leia Poppins, and it is. It's the moment that <laughs> happened in yeah, the moment that happened <laughs> yeah. in the cinema. You know, I thought when when she happens, she gets and, and, and Leia gets blown into space, and I was like, your heart sank. Like I was like, Jesus, that's you know they've killed like Kylo doesn't do it, but that's that's what's happened. They killed her off and then for, to, for her to open her eyes some minutes later and just sort of like use the force then to drift back into the shop like in, back into the ship like if she'd have an umbrella with her like it would look that bad <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous that that was it at that point i was slightly <laughs> off the film i was like right, i'm done thank you um but it's it's overall as it, it you, you said before i think chris about it having that sort of 4k shine like it looks good like there are parts in this film and i agree that there are scenes in this film that are spectacular that the, like you said the fight uh, Re, uh kylo ren and, and ray against the the praetorian guard um but that sort of thing but other than that like it, it really let me down 
the thing about the baton is um back in the sort of the 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 twenties and thirties, a lot of like the pulp and mystery writers used to do this thing called a round robin, where they'd write a story and each one would get to write a chapter. So you'd have like you know Agatha Christie would write the opening chapter, then somebody else would write the next chapter, the next chapter, and there was just a bit of an exercise in how to write a story, and each one would then throw in their own little devices. But they never they never read well because the tone keeps shifting. That's what this felt. It was almost like J.J. Abrams has gone, chapter one's done, over to you, Ryan. And Ryan's gone, right, well, I'm going to just ignore pretty much most things you've done and I'm going to do all this kind of other stuff. And then leaves it on another cliffhanger. He's like, right, who wants to pick up the baton and run with this? And it just feels a little bit like <laughs> there's no consideration for anything that's going to go beyond it. It's just this mm. thing. Um George so, Lucas is still there, like, yep, yeah, totally wrote all this. Yeah, this, this, was, <laughs> this was my outline. This is exactly what I wanted to do. No, I tell you the thing. The, the, the thing about this is that's the one thing I would say is Force Awakens. We both we've all said hit that sort of OG trilogy nostalgia button, especially for me. This film has got prequel stink on it. <laughs> The the fil- the bit the bit where sorry the bit where like Rose and, and and Finn are riding those horse things through that town and then through the casino and stuff it f- that feels like it belongs in Phantom Menace yeah yeah you know what I would actually say with that to be fair that it isn't out of place when I watch Solo mm. because that's the sort of stuff that you know I don't know I know I know what you mean Scott I I, I get that bit there is a few bit I I genuinely think when Kylo Ren and her uh, Ray are in, in the like Snoke's layer and all that. I actually think that's when the film should end. To be honest, I think the end bit's just a bit of a callback to the Empire Strikes Back at the start. Mm. Yeah, but because it, it, it it's necessary. Mm. But one thing I would say, sorry to jump in, is you got to give Luke the ultimate Jedi, the hero, the main man that Star Wars was about. Right, you've got to give him full credit because when he comes back as a hologram. He has a shave, he dyes his beard, yeah. <laughs> makes himself look a bit younger. You've got to give him full credit there, aren't you? Because when he's back on the Jedi Palace or the Leia, wherever he is, he's got the he's got long hair, he looks dishevelled, doesn't he? He's obviously uh, uh, what's his name? He's actually transporting himself there or an image of him. And I, I always I don't understand that at all. Why? Because he's vain. Because he's just he... <laughs> oh, I, I know why. It's no, it's because that was the last time Kylo Ren saw him, ah, right. and that's exact. That's why they did it because it's it's the thing that will give Kylo the most visceral reaction. Mm. And you notice he actually ignites the blue lightsaber, which Ray and Ren actually broke in the scene before, and Ren doesn't realize. So a lot of it is kind of trying to mess with Ren. But there's been a lot of things unpacked here, and I want to get into all of it, which because I'm very excited. Um, I'll quickly say my opinion on Last Jedi, and then we'll sort of deep dive in. Um, Essentially, I think we've all got probably a bit more to say about The Last Jedi than um, uh, Force Awakens. But I will say, the way I kind of look at it is Force Awakens was, for, in really mm-hmm. simple terms, a bit too safe, but very Star Wars-y. Last Jedi wasn't safe enough, because I, I completely agree with what you said, Scott. The thing is, The Last Jedi is, I'm excited for Ryan Johnson's trilogy or whatever he's doing, because... I think mm. he writes everything start to finish. It could be really cool. But it's as you say, you've got the tone of JJ um, from Force Awakens and the tone of that film is really on point for Force Awakens. And then Ryan Johnson's got, I'd argue, a better plot, but the way he's done it is prob- is worse because it's this weird... And I honestly, when I first watched this, I thought Last Jedi, I was absolutely, completely blown away. I was like, this is phenomenal. And me and my mate watched it and he, it was his like favourite Star Wars film until he rewatched it. And each time I watch it, I then watched it, I've seen, I've seen it about four times now. Uh, I watched it, and I the last time I watched it before yesterday, I was, I was like, ah, it's not actually that great. It, it was good, but there's a lot of flaws. And then I rewatched it last night, and I loved it again. I thought it was all amazing, but the tone was the big thing for me. Like, when I first saw that scene, which uh, I think you said, Dave, when it's got uh, mm-hmm. Ray sat there doing the sort of uh, the meditation, finding out about the Force and stuff, and she puts her hands out, and then Luke tickles her hand. There's, It's funny. I know I first watched it, I genuinely laughed out loud. I thought it was really, really funny. But each time you watch it, it's no longer mm. funny, and it just really ruins the mood. And I think all these little cheap moments that Ryan Johnson puts in, either for a little hey-hey moment, or like a little, you know, ha-ha-ha, that's funny moment, all of those, it kind of... It does what it happened in the end of Return of the Jedi, at the start of Return of the Jedi, with that weird dance move thing, but a lot more subtle. Is that for really a really small cheap thing, it takes out quite a lot. It takes out like ten percent of the feel and the immersion to add in one percent of comedy for a second, and that amount isn't 
even enough for me i'd say but i really do i really really enjoyed this film i feel like it's out of place and i wish disney got their fucking act together and said right we're gonna write the general story for all three films as a general trilogy and then after that we'll let the directors do maybe their own interpretation on it i'd be fine but not this let's just write it as we go because the problem i found is the force awakens were too safe so disney went right we need something a bit more different off the wall ryan johnson comes in and everyone goes wait this is too weird this is the most polarizing styles film that's ever been made you know everyone generally thinks originals are good prequels are bad force awakens too safe but last jedi I literally have friends of mine that think it's the best film ever, while others think it's the worst. And it's this big polarizing mess because they want it to be so away from what The Force Awakens was. And then, so who knows what episode nine is going to be. Can, can I just, before we, wanna, we close off it's this a big, one, I've just said a lot. Well, uh, so, so go ahead. It, there was one bit at the end where the kid gets the broom with the Force. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, I, I was just like... It's like A Song of Ice and Fire. So the book series that Game of Thrones is based on, and you get to book five, and you're thinking, right, we've built out this huge, rich world. We've got all these characters that can't possibly fit in my head. But, you know, the story's built out, and it should be narrowing down now. I think it. I'm angry at myself that I still delude myself that, that George Lucas did have this vision about nine chapters. And so... You know, chapter eight, you're kind of expecting things to wrap up a bit. And with that one little scene, I just felt, oh, fuck off. You're just, <laughs> you're just back to mm. square one. It's snakes and ladders again. But that's what this saga is, though. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It is. It's all about, like, the whole Star Wars universe is, is that. Like, it's a repeating... Um, cycle because you go back to the old republic and it's the same thing like thousands of years ago the jedis did this and the sith did that and it's sort of back and forth and you there is a part of me that does think like wipe actually wipe them all out and just be done with it like just move on (laughs) but um one of the things the the problems i had with this film was what you said actually was about the the comedy and it's something i found um i've got two points when i put this but it's it's sort of it's something that seemed to happen and i blame thor ragnarok um like, uh, Stay, tread carefully. No, no, because oh, yeah, no, no. that's one. Of, that's one of the best films I've ever seen. It is. I really enjoy. I really enjoy Thor Ragnarok. I think it's a really good film. I think it looks stunning, and I think when Chris Hemsworth is let off a leash, like he is funny. And Taika Waititi is a great director. Like, don't get me wrong. I love yes. a lot of what he does. But there are certain things in that film. I do have problems with that film. Like, no film is perfect. And one of the things I, one of the things I have, the problems I have with Thor Ragnarok is. It, on several occasions, it undercuts moments of tension with humour. But no, with comedy. Let's be clear. It undercuts moments of tension with comedy. Like, in that film, like, tens of thousands of people die, or tens of thousands of sort of Asgardians die, yet they're still going to make jokes continually. And so sort of the third act of that film always slightly rankles with me. Still really enjoy it. It's one of the best Marvel films. You know, it's in that top sort of like probably ten, five maybe uh, Marvel films. So Titus Watiki can get away with it because Thor, two, or Thor, you know, the Dark World and Thor 1, they're all right, they're pretty good, but he had free reign. Like, the tone was there for the grabs. And it's, it's, it gives this idea of Hollywood doesn't seem to know the difference between comedy and humour. And I would say that Star Wars has always had humour. You know, like, you'll have, like, the odd line or you'll have a sort of situation and stuff. But every time they've tried to insert comedy, Jar Jar Binks, it's gone poorly. Do you know what I mean? Because comedy... Mm, that's a very good point. So there's a difference. In, and so, you know, Force Awakens has got good humorous moments. I mean, one of the... this Finn is a bit of a, a prat at times. Like, he's one of my favourite characters in the, in the in the sequel trilogy. I really enjoy him. But there's a moment where they're on the um, uh, planet, the whatever they call the the Death Star 2000. Um, and, uh, and and sort of like <laughs> Solo's trying to show him that that uh, Ray is climbing up the thing, and he's trying to sh- you know he keeps moving yeah. his chin, and Finn's going, "What's this, what you, Solo? What are you doing? What's this?" And he keeps sort of jutting his chin out. That to me is humour. Like that's somewhat it's a misinterpretation of a situation. It's funny because it's humorous. But like you say, in the jet in Last Jedi, they keep trying to put jokes in, and it's like it, you're not a comedy film. What Stop about? It. I mean, what what would you class this bit as? So. When when it comes to light that Finn actually worked in sanitation, so he says to Han Solo that he's going to use the Force to like figure it out when he gets there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's like, that's then, not how that's the humor. force works. I, I, yeah, I thought that, that was that's humor. Good. It's that's a humor, but that's humor. That's not that's a, that's a really well set up humorous moment, right? So the, what I would say is the difference between humor and comedy is so BB-8 is a really good example of humor because he's really cute. So you know, in the first in Force Awakens. When him and, and Finn are having that back and forth about take us to the base, and he's like, "Tell her where your base is. Tell her where your base is," and eventually he sort of fesses up, and they, they, you know, he tells her, and uh, BB-8 puts out his little like lighter thumb, you know, as a sort mm. of like, "That's funny. That's not a joke. That's humorous." Like, you know, they've set it up because they know it's cute. You don't have to laugh at it because it could be taken as a nod, but it's well, it's well placed. In this one, he turns gold coins in the Last Jedi into a machine gun, <laughs> and it, it's clearly played for laughs. And after all, like I said, the first time you see it, you go, oh, that's funny. The third time I'm seeing it, I'm like, this is ridiculous and it's irritating me. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It's a very good point with all that. Because like, I think Han Solo is a very good key point there that you kind of uh, brought up in passing is in the original trilogy, no one is making jokes. It, but Solo has these little quips, mm. these little moments of just... And it's almost to really go down a really really basic terms even though i'm sure all our listeners do understand and i'm hopefully i'm not slaughtering your point scott is it's almost like humor you just kind of go huh, yeah but it doesn't but the, the, the everything is still the same is in the the feel of it everything that you're still immersed it's just that little part in you is like, oh that's quite funny mm. but then actual comedy jokes funny haha like the sort of ray tickling hand bit it has to change the whole tone and almost comes to a standstill for, for a second, just so you can go, ha ha ha, ha. Yeah. then it continues. And it's the difference between noticing nodding to the humour, as you say, and to make a point specifically just for a joke. Yeah. And it's that It, it is exactly that. I, it, it's funny. It, I, it's something I picked up recently. It's, it's the Beverly Hills cop effect. So Beverly Hills Cop, I will get off this, sorry, it's an old, this is a history rant for you. You, you, you know, Mike, Mike, you've got your Star Wars trivia, I've got my nerd pop culture trivia. Please go ahead. So Beverly Hills Cop was originally written for Sylvester Stallone um, and was actually a, a straight um, action film. But he so he couldn't do it for for a number of films uh, for a number of reasons. I think he was going to be doing Rocky Three, and then there was something else came up, so he turned it down. And then they so they brought in Eddie Murphy, um, and when they brought in Eddie Murphy, they did a read through, and they realised that he kept ad libbing because he didn't like the script. So the whole tone of the film had to shift because there would have been like, one liners and stuff, and he was really struggling to deliver Stallone's dialogue. So they just changed the film. And they go, all right, let's just lean into it, go with Eddie Murphy, we're going to change the tone of the film, we're going to change a couple of the characters, and it becomes a, a comedy, like sort of like 80s comedy action film. And it's brilliant. But that's what it is. But, like, you know, if they then sort of, like, brought in... If they then did Beverly Hills Cop 2, and we're like, okay, now we're going to go back, and actually we're going to do, you know, a Stallone film with, with Eddie Murphy, you'd be like, what is going on? It's that sort of thing. You 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 have to work with what you've got. I'm trying to think back now. Wasn't it the same with Cannonball, Chris? What? Cannonball Run. Uh, Before no. Burt Reynolds was cast, I, I think it was supposed to be more of a car movie. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a more serious thing. But I, I will say, because you've just lit the fire now, Scott, you were almost <laughs> getting deleted there because the Beverly Hills Cop is definitely in my top... 10, Dave. Don't you start slagging me off, Dave, for my <laughs> list of films. <laughs> Axel Foley. And I'll do it. Oh, no, this... no, don't get me wrong, Chris. I love it. No, I, I know, love, I, I know I, what you're saying. I, I, even love, I even love three. I'll oh admit that. God. I like Beverly Hills Cup three. I, so. No, I, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the third one. The second one's more uh, comedy than the first one. The first one, and you're right, and I get what you're saying about this because. The first one, he's serious when it needs to be, but there's just a few things Eddie Murphy says when he's sort of taking the piss. The second one has got a, quite a lot of comedy elements, which is actually my favourite. The third one's just a disgrace. But uh, Sorry, Scott. But but what I will say, even though they've announced Beverly Hills Cop 4 for Netflix, which is pretty good, 2021, so I'll be on that, is there's a bit in this, actually, The, the, the Last Jedi, which I actually quite like. There's a bit in The Force Awakens when... Uh, Han Solo's looking at Leia and C-3PO pops up and he goes, I don't know if you recognise me with a red arm. It's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I remember sort of sniggering in the cinema, but it was the bit where the Millennium Falcon comes down at the end of The Last Jedi and, and Kylo Ren's like, shoot that piece of garbage yeah. or whatever he says about them, to shoot that ship down. Because obviously he's had that ship in his whole life, hasn't he? So it's not intentionally supposed to be comedy, but I get the nod. I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's quite like amusing. Yeah, because Finn says, oh man, they hate that ship. And yeah. that was... Yeah. And 
It's funny you brought that up because Megan, uh, when we were watching that, she's obviously seen all the Star Wars but when we watched that, she even said Last Jedi was her third least favourite of all the Star Wars films. And we rewatched it last night, and now that she knows the whole plot, she doesn't have to pay attention as much. She knows the general... You know, when you watch a film the first time, you watch it for the story. You watch it the second time, you know what happens. So it's more about the little intricate, mm-hmm. you know, ins and outs and stuff. Mm. Uh, and she and I both enjoyed it more that time, even though it was my fourth and her second, but still. Um, but it, it, is a, it is a tone thing. And I, mm. I feel like... It's so weird because when it first came out, everyone was like, all the, a lot of the critics were going, you know, Last Jedi, it's amazing, phenomenal, blah, 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 you know, 10 out of 10, all that sort of stuff. And then there was this kind of like quiet moment. And then suddenly everyone just shat on it for about two weeks. Everyone was just going to town on it. And then suddenly it became this big controversy where for where the toxic fandom of Star Wars really came to light. There was people trying to get, like, uh, they got uh, the girl who plays Rose. She left Twitter because she was getting harassed. Oh, yeah. People were saying how shit she was. Mm. It's like, I think the character Rose is quite crap. Let's be honest. I think it's boring, crap, uninspiring. But it's an actress who's literally got the opportunity to be in the biggest, if one of, if not the biggest film franchise mm. of all time. No one would say no to that. And she did her best. She didn't do, like, even though I think Hayden Christensen did the right job, she definitely did not do a fucking Hayden yeah. Christensen. No. She didn't do a I love sand moment. She was just a bit lame. And I think the problem is with this film is that a lot of people, including myself, unfortunately, have been wrapped up in so much of the the arguments about it, like whether or not this should have happened or whether or not that should have happened. Obviously, the Legends Luke thing is a big thing as well. It's, it's kind of missing almost the, the point, which is let's just have fun with it. I know we're doing literally the opposite of that in this podcast, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where we all enjoy Star Wars. So it's a bit, you know, that's tongue, tongue in cheek, but it is, it is a strange one that it's, it, it's so interesting. So let me just say, if you guys, um, it's, it's a bit more organized almost, but have interest. What do you think the biggest flaws are? I'd say with either the force awakens or the last Jedi, uh, obviously there's the, the layer part, which is going to be a big part. Um, but generally it, are there any sort of things about the sequels that really jump out? Because the prequels are rife with them. And then obviously the originals were a bit more of a, because the prequels are out, it doesn't really go back. And some of the sort of parts are a little bit jarring. But this was, as you said, is a lot more glossy. It's a bit more thought out, I think. You know, they've thought a lot more about these films. What do you guys think, what do you dislike the most? Like some big moments that really fucking get on your nerves with uh, either The Force Awakens or Last Jedi? Um, I've just asked you all to just say it, so I'll choose one of you to say you fighting <laughs> over each other. Um, I'll, I'll let uh, Chris, you go first uh, with uh, any sort of the things that you really big bugbears and we'll kind of jump Yeah, sure. Um, so in The Force Awakens, I don't like the fact that Finn has a panic attack, even though I think John Boyega is a great character and, and that, that's all, as you would say, he's got, I think, the comedy element when he meets Ray and the different things of his character is really good. It just pisses me off how he just changes all of a sudden. He doesn't fire a weapon. Kylo Ren sees him, literally in the opening scene. And then from there, he just swaps. Now, we've never seen this in any other movie. The only time we've seen something of that, I suppose, is in Solo, because Han Solo was part of the Empire, wasn't he, at one point? So I suppose you do get Mm. that. Um, Sorry, spoilers again, if you've not seen it, but... Um, <laughs> I'm fucking saying it afterwards but anyway uh, you should have saw it by now people anyway if you listen to this so anyway moving on but yeah there's that bit it just pisses me off a little bit even though he's a great character and then the only other bit is when Luke fucking does dusts off his shoulder when they've all fired at him in The Last Jedi <laughs> that just pisses me off I love that, that just bit pisses me off that. because that's just proper internet culture for me that's just like uh, a proper gif or meme it's just a uh, like a piss take and that, that's the only bit I, I can truthfully Oh, and obviously fucking Leia Poppins, but I mean, I'm sure Scott's already said that one. I, I totally agree. We just need Dick Van Dyke there going, Mary Poppins? You know, it's just <laughs> nonsense. Absolutely fucking... Because there's no context. She has a couple of things where she sees Luke like him in Return of the Jedi and stuff, doesn't she? She sort of feels him. But then all of a sudden, she's never mm. used the power. She's the daughter of Darth Vader. And we see fuck all of her in eight movies, but she decides to just throw it out there. That, in fact, behind closed doors, she's been using the Force all along to make a brew for herself and all this shit. You know, it's just, it's just nonsense. Maybe that's what Mary Poppins is. Maybe you know the um, the song, like a spoonful of sugar, with all the stuff moves around the room. That's what she's using. The force. She's using the force. Maybe, maybe that's where George Lucas got it from. <laughs> 
I mean, all those are. Go ahead. I was going to say all those are very good points. That I, I will jump on, but also, um, just we will get into the speculation as well uh, shortly. This is all subtly tying in. I'm aiming for it, but um, either Scott or Dave, do one of you guys want to jump in of some of your big criticisms of this? Go ahead, Scott. Uh, you go, Dave. I'll go. On, I'll go. You're uh, both so polite. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I'll, 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 I'll back up what Chris says because uh, you know I I, I do really enjoy the Force Awakens, but. I, I do find the sort of the uh, the left turn or the one eighty even that sort of Finn takes at the start of the film feels a little bit convenient. Like you know, there's continued drop lines with like, oh, it's you know, it's almost like meant to be the first time he's out, and there's never been any problems in the past. Da da da. But it's like, well, surely it would be better actually if he was a little bit more experienced, and there had been problems with him in the past. Like you know, the, oh, there's, there was concerns that he was showing signs of. Uh, combat fatigue or something something that shows like you know why he can't keep doing this um i understand why they can't show him killing people like from a story perspective like the fact he lowers his gun and stuff and why he can't be um uh seen to be you know have been a killer because it's a disney film but then they, they, mm. they you know so there's there are characters in rogue one actually that i find are, are more interesting in that respect um you know what's his name um Cassian. Cassian, yeah, like he actually says, like I'm not a good person, like you know, that that's sort of where I think it should be. Like I'm trying to redeem myself a little bit, um, and so yeah, and I agree again with what Dave says. It's it's a case of sort of like you know, it's a new hope but bigger. But I'd actually say, and I'm probably going to get some real smacking for this. In some cases, I think it's a new hope but better. Um, you know, I had real problems with sort of like some of the new hopes pacing, the sort of the um, uh, the lack of emotion in it. And I find a lot of that is actually resolved in this. Um, you know, yeah, in in uh, a New Hope, you have Luke sort of like sees um, Obi Wan as his new father figure, despite having lived with his aunt and uncle all his life. Um, in this, like Ray's never had anyone, so when Han actually shows some sort of respect and guidance to her, like I understand why she sort of like latches onto that. Like, it makes sense to me. Um, so there's bits and pieces that this whole thing about her being a bit of a Mary Sue. I understand and I agree with that. Like there are moments when I'm like, okay, well, elaborate on the Mary Sue for guess uh, listeners. Yeah, okay, so yeah just, for Sue, listeners, uh, just for not, listeners, of course. Just for listeners, obviously, <laughs> not for us, because I obviously so, know what that that is. Mary Sue, yeah, yeah, it actually comes. From, I forget. I forget the comic actually comes from, but it does come from a a comic or something. But the idea of a Mary Sue is a character, usually female, um, that. Uh, is perfect in every scenario. So they have the right skills, they have the right tools, they have the right, you know, whatever. So it's Mary um, Poppins, so, basically. Practically perfect in uh, every way. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. Is this the Poppins Appreciation it, Podcast? It is. <laughs> um, but, but, and she does have that. Like, there are moments when, you know, she does. She does seem to be able to do everything. And But because you don't know her background, I think you're supposed to accept it more. But there are still times that when she's making herself, no, making her way around Starkiller Base that I'm like... Yeah, you're you're not a stealth soldier. Like, how is it you you you're able to pick all this stuff up really quickly? Like when she tells the guy, uh, the the when she tells it's, it's James Bond. When she tells Daniel Craig yeah. in in Stormtrooper mm-hmm. outfit, um, you know, leave the room, drop your gun, and all this other stuff. Um, it, it, that bugs me a little bit because it's like it does. It comes a little bit too easy. Now I know it's there to sort of forward the plot, but it still feels a bit too easy. Um. Which I don't blame the character, but I just feel like again, plotting wise, it's like they could have done. There's other ways of doing that. Um, but yeah, Last Jedi. I've already had my say on Last Jedi. It's just, but the, the moment you you get space poppins, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sort of d- done with bits of that film. Um, and I, again, I you you mentioned actually that whole thing about um, Poe Dameron having to say that whole thing of like he's given us an opportunity to escape. We are the spark that can continue, and you're sort of like. In my head, it's funny you say because last time I watched it, I was thinking, like, what if he hadn't figured that out? They'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah. And actually, it would be Luke's fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing that I picked up when I watched it this time is actually what makes it almost more annoying is that um, he, Luke, gives uh, Leia the dice from the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Well, I only realised on this watch, which is, you know, fourth or fifth watch, whatever, that is such a big hint saying you know, oh, the Millennium Falcon's come to save you guys. But once again, he doesn't say it. He he, he literally, he just leaves them to it. And it's like, 
it's almost one could argue which if this argument is stupid but one could argue oh they have to figure it out themselves they can't be told what to do it's like yeah in most situations maybe when there's literally about <laughs> what 50 people if that yeah. in a giant base with a basically death star cannon and the whole of the first order coming for you ready to kill you it's probably best to just leave the life lessons maybe just let them escape first you know maybe just can't do that um, I, that moment though so that's from that moment i would love it if leia had actually looked at those dice and gone Sorry, what are these? And Luca just said, <laughs> and, and just said, you need to watch Solo, because that's the only because re- that's the only reason that film exists is to explain why those dice are important. Well, basically, that and him getting the Falcon and the whole plot, uh, the big plot hole of saying the castle run in twelve parsecs, even though parsec is yeah. distance. Mm. So they had to obviously retcon. Go, oh no, no, we meant we meant it the whole time. You know, when George Lucas <laughs> incorrectly said parsecs in the seventies, he actually was so clever he thought it for forty years ahead. So obviously, yeah. Sorry, uh, Dave, I think you were going to say something. Keep interrupting. <laughs> no. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's all the reason he doesn't. We know why he doesn't explain it is so we can get the whole reveal, the fact that it's not him and it's mm. a projection. But it's so it's handled in such a ham-fisted way. It just it just doesn't stand up when you actually sit back and sort of think about it. I I back up what what Chris and Scott have said there though. I I actually think if I can think of Force Awakens as like a New Hope reimagined then it's perfect and and in fact if i can clear my mind of those all six movies i mean it doesn't really join up with the first three but i still want to clear my mind of those first three then it it really it is star wars but in a in a modern film as opposed to a 70s film and if you've ever gone back to watch any 70s films they're all pretty slow, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, it is definitely, as a standalone movie, I think it's great. But, you know, the flip side to that being that it annoyed me on this rewatch just how closely it was. I mean, there's a bit where, you know, um, Finn does his whole heel turn and then, you know, he, he whips his Stormtrooper mask off. It's exactly like, you know, where, hi, I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. You know, it was just a complete blatant nod to that. So it was just that that annoyed me. But I think what these two get right is just the feel of it. So the cinematography, the practical effects, that opening scene on Force Awakens had a real kind of, um, almost like a Saving Private Ryan feel. You know, you got to see it from the the stormtroopers' perspective. You know, for a change, and and you know, it's quite scary going into battle there. So I th- I do think I I'll I'll absolutely still go back and watch Force Awakens, um, and and I think yeah, we we've discussed about you know what what we don't like in in uh, <laughs> in Last Jedi. I'm sure there's there's lots more that I could pick out of that, but I I'm not gonna. What I'm gonna do is change tack slightly and say. You know, the thing with The Last Jedi is you had this meta-awareness that, of course, uh, Carrie Fisher had passed away. Now, I must Mm. say, because Star Wars had been with me for my whole life and I'd seen it so many times, it genuinely felt to me like I'd lost kind of a relative, you know, like a distant relative or something. And so, Mm. you know... I was emotionally affected by you know I was watching YouTube clips of her doing a stand up and everything you know for quite a few weeks after but when you came to watch the film and she gets blown into space you're thinking right that's how they've they've written her out they've given themselves an out there and it's like yep that's okay you know and it's a little bit sad because she's dead in real life and and now she's going to die in the movie but then it's all kind of undercut by this bloody Mary Poppins thing. And you think, why did you do that? You know, there is no real reason for you to do that. And I know that they're going to use um, reshot footage or, or unused footage, aren't they, in the, in the next one. So I should probably shut up about that before we get onto our speculation. But, you know, I just mm. hope they handle it tastefully. And with the um, sort of motion capture and likeness that they can do now, you know, I, I just hope she's in the movie sparingly as, as opposed to like just front and centre with a different actress. 
Well, um, what I was saying before we get to speculation, that'd be kind of uh, where we go. And obviously, when we're speculating, I want to clarify, we can go back and talk about flaws. And obviously, we're going to have to talk about the other two uh, sequels to actually talk about speculation. But before we get to that, I want to say a couple of things on my sort of thoughts. Um, one of them is the layer thing. Now, when I first saw it, I didn't actually have an issue with it. I, I did Weirdly enough, I was like, oh, okay, fair enough, that happened. And then the more people have spoken about it, the more I kind of recognise, okay... What annoys me the most about the later thing is I figured out a way they could have done it. It would have been infinitely better in every single way, okay? Very quick. When that explosion happened, okay, as soon as the explosion, you know, you watch Akbar and everyone kind of disintegrate and she flings back and flips back, whatever. What they should have done is as that happened, it goes slow-mo. She reaches for the door. And she darts about 10, 15 feet forward. Just, obviously, it's in slow-mo, so you'd walk, but it would kind of stop halfway through, so you'd see her dash really quick. She just dashes 10, 15 feet just as the explosion happens, and she just gets through the doors as the bays close and collapses. And then that would be, okay, it used a tiny bit of force power, so it shows she's got a little bit in her. It's like a reactionary thing, like a quick, you know, boom thing. And, and yeah, and you don't have her flying through space ridiculously and all that wasted time and effort of her floating in space pretending that she's dead. And then it, I think it would have married everything up quite nicely. That's, that's one thing I wanted to say. And the other thing I want to say is uh, with Last Jedi, as much as I do enjoy it, the Canto Blight scene, which is the casino scene, that is, yeah, wholly unnecessary and a bit of... I found Rose and Finn in the whole of Last Jedi quite boring. Uh, that was like when it, it was the other plot. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I went back to them. I was like, okay, let's just get through this. Um, that was more my rewatch. But what I've realised about Ryan Johnson is, it's one of the things I'm most excited for about his own trilogy, while also being the least excited about it, is he is very, very good, at least in Star Wars, in the... In the shown in the last jedi he is very very good at uh pulling the 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 cloak uh, what's the term pulling the thing off people's eyes you know what i mean the uh, just whipping the the blindfold off sorry the wool? the wool off their eyes that's the one yes pulling the wool, oh, oh, pulling the wool over eyes or yeah, whipping the blindfold the off, off the eyes. What, one of those <laughs> yeah one of those that's what i meant yeah and people generally probably got off my rambling but he does it so often constantly throughout the whole film you've got the the thing that annoyed me the most is at the start where Luke... Well, I first saw it, I laughed it. loved it. And now I actually hate it. When Luke grabs a lightsaber and throws it behind him, they're so out of character. And the only reason... Any, like, even though he's against the Jedi and stuff, he would not just throw that behind him off a cliff and walk away without saying anything. It's so off character just because it was so unexpected that no one would have expected that to happen. That's why Ryan Johnson did it. And that sort of thing keeps happening. Like, their whole plan to go on the Death Star and do... Uh, not Death Star, the big Star Destroyer, uh, the Dreadnought or whatever it was, and pull off this amazing, crazy scheme with Benny, uh, Benny Asso del Toro and all these different crazy things. And then it didn't happen. A lot of the time, this film, and you know, Snoke dying... I mean, I think Snoke dying was a really good thing, I think, happened. But all these little parts of The Last Jedi is just... Oh, you think this is going to happen? Oops, suddenly it didn't. And it's just that all the time. And you, I noticed it while watching it this time that every time something like, that's a little bit annoying happens, it, it seems to me to be Ryan Johnson trying to make you make it be so unexpected. Probably, I think, maybe because Disney said to him, look, the last film was too safe. We need something a bit more, you know, unexpected to happen. And rather than just doing, you know, Killing Snoke, which is quite a big plot point, and doing whatever he did with Luke, he then just does all these little moments that I find just kind of pull me out a bit if, if you guys know what i'm saying i i know exactly what you mean that thing with snoke because the thing is it's a double punch in that scene um because mm. you you get uh kylo ren uh killing snoke and you know he said because even snoke foresees his own death but he sees it in you know misinterprets and he? he says about um ren c- killing his true enemy or whatever and he sort of lights the saber and it's it looked great it's a great moment but then it's an it, it they have the great fight with the uh, you know with the guards and stuff which is fantastic and looks really impressive and then they have then Ren and Ray have that argument after in which he says about her parents and says like you're a nobody you know you you aren't anybody but you're somebody to me which is supposed to sort of are supposed to have like a you know all the feels and that kind of stuff to it but what it tells you is well Snoke didn't matter because we killed him off and we've never given him a backstory so nobody knows who he is or why he looks the way he was so we don't really care about him so forget that and actually. Within minutes, yeah, Ray doesn't really matter either because we've tried to give you this impression that she had a stuck backstory, but she doesn't. And it's a <laughs> it's a double punch where after that scene you're a bit like, so why am I why does this matter then? <laughs> do you, you know, do you reckon JJ Abrams had all these plans laid out for Snoke? <laughs> yes. Johnson's just thrown him in the bin, he's just like, Yeah, let's just chop him in half. 
but <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's exactly what happened well the thing is um, abraham's got he has this idea doesn't he called the mystery box he likes to have this idea of like it's more it's it's better to have a mystery than to be told everything and that's sort of how what he set up in in um force awakens and then he wants somebody else to unpack it the problem is brian johnson didn't unpack it he just threw it out the window <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree with his decision, to be fair. I mean, I want to say Snoke, he's kind of cool, but in all honesty, he's just a bigger, bad emperor. And I was so, when it was happening in uh, Last Jedi, I was like, please, please don't let this be a case of Kylo Ren at the last minute of Last Jedi, joined to Rey, and then they go off into the distance, and then the last film is them pulling together against all odds, being this wonderful force duo of light and being able to overcome this big baddie, and that's the end. Like, I was so ready for that to happen, and it didn't. And I was like, to be fair... Snoke, he probably could have been cool, but he was just a a worse emperor mm. in theory, and I didn't like the whole thing of jaws. like you know that. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what it all is. <laughs> exactly, one hundred percent. So jumping off that, let's let's get into sort of uh, let's get into the episode nine speculation. Now I want to throw a couple of just buzzword points uh, across, and then we'll, I'll point to one of you, and then we'll just have a kind of big rambly chat about it. Um, but there's a couple of big keywords in this essentially that, uh, about episode nine. Okay. Obviously, there's the Emperor being involved. That's a big thing. Uh, the biggest one I'd say for debate is Ben Demption, which is the whether or not Kylo Ren will be redeemed, which is a very interesting point because my opinion on this changed quite recently. Um, and then also, you know, what happens with Rey, you know, the General of the Jedi Order, and then something of a YouTuber I watch calls Force Ghost Con, which is when all the Force Ghosts at the end of the film of like Anakin and uh, Luke <laughs> and everyone just all gets together and says hi, like all these things. So, so there's a few sort of spitwally ideas in a sense and i'll, I'll just um i'll kind of spring like this in a sense with the, that's why i don't say about the force ghost thing <laughs> with luke being in this what we thought of luke being in last jedi i actually really liked it but i only know bits and pieces about the legends luke that there was but obviously he wasn't how people expect him to be but now him narrating the trailer one would assume he's going to have a slightly bigger role in the rise of skywalker than one would think so and that's the end of part one thanks as always for tuning in guys um part two will be out next week um and as you could tell by the way i ended it in some sort of vague cliffhanger um we will be talking about episode nine in the next episode um we're going to be talking about all of our speculation we're going to be talking about ben demption uh, whether or not we believe kylo ren will be redeemed as ben solo um, we're going to be talking about uh, palpatine and his role in it what our opinions are of sort of what's gonna happen with leia and luke and generally just what we want from it as well as what we think is a realistic expectation so we all put in our hats into the ring in that regard we all talk about what we want and what we could see and that sort of thing uh, it's once again if you enjoyed this chat you're going to love the next one because it's as fun if not even more enjoyable you know i've been out, had a great time collaborating with these guys and i cannot say enough to go check out both 20th century geek as well as uh comics emotion and vhs strikes back you know vhs strikes back and comics emotion are both movie podcasts whereas 20th century geek is a bit more of a sort of a wider berth his is almost like it's almost like genuine chit chat solely for geeks essentially and it's a little bit different to that he doesn't have like a guest every week it's mainly himself talking um but he does have other co-hosts he has friends that come on he has other guests he has it's a really really good podcast both so go check out 20th century geek and then also check out comics in motion and vhs strikes back and to add to that chris and dave of comics in motion and vhs strikes back actually have been on genuine chit chat before on episode 73 where they talk about sort of their shows as well as they have like this massive graveyard of podcasts they've been involved in like so many i didn't realize before i had them on uh, we also got like 80s movies uh, they used to be in a band together so they have some sort of fun band stories with that so that's a real good episode to go check out and also funnily enough i appeared on comics and motions 75th episode this wasn't all planned this is, it just seems to have all uh, aligned somehow um but yeah i appeared on uh, the 75th episode of comics and motion uh, we reviewed dread uh, from 2012 with uh, carl urban so we speak about that uh, have a great laugh while doing it as well so you know these guys are awesome everyone involved in this collaboration is great and as i said right at the start you know go on comics and motion or vhs strikes back to listen to our in-depth review of a new hope uh, and then make sure you subscribe to both of them and also go subscribe to 20th century geek where shortly after this episode airs there'll be one of our reviews of i think the original trilogy and then the following week it should be our reviews of the prequel trilogy so once part two of this has come out and both of the 20th century geek podcasts have come out that'll mean that all five essentially episodes are out i 
in the social media i've put it as four episodes because like you know four podcasters four episodes 42 years of star wars you know all fours go quite nicely and also this is kind of cheating because my episodes next week is going to be part two so it's not quite you know whatever pedantics no one here really cares about that <laughs> i really hope they don't about the specifics because i'm sure there's a lot of inconsistencies in many things we love including star wars plug for next episode um Anyway, yeah, so that's really it from me, I think, guys. I mean, coming up, I've got an episode recorded with Janine Mercer of the Odd Entity podcast. That won't be out till January. Uh, and then I've got a two-parter with a friend of mine, Nick, and his partner, Kira. Um, I know them because of Megan. So it's actually me, Megan, Nick, and Kira, all talking about Nick and Kira's new podcast. Um, podcasts, really. Nick's got two. But um, one of the main ones that they basically are doing, and we just have a great laugh. It's, it's a real silly, fun one. And we talk about Christmas movies a little bit as well, I think. So it's vaguely christmas related um but there's not going to be a specific christmas special this year i don't think it's just going to be depending on how much we talk about christmas in that episode or depend on how much i can market it as a christmas episode but yeah that's basically what you can uh, expect from genuine chit chat uh, i think i said before as well between christmas obviously i release episodes every sunday ish uh and then on uh between christmas and new year there is a sunday um i will not be releasing an episode then because once uh christmas hits i like to just chill between christmas and new year there's a nice little sweet spot where you don't really have to do as much i mean i do have to go to work a couple of days uh but it should be a lot more chill and i'll be able to spend a lot more time with megan and friends and family and stuff so i'm not going to worry about podcasting then i am sorry that i'm not one of those podcasters who does release a christmas special tough essentially i'm afraid uh maybe in the future i'll open a patreon and do christmas specials on that but i don't know i really figured it out but um that's it for me guys but you know thanks as always for watching uh not watching because you can't see anything thanks as always for listening guys uh, i really appreciate each and every one of you tuning in please go check out comics emotion vhs strikes back and 20th century geek because they're all such nice guys and they have such great podcasts as well and uh hopefully if any of you guys are new listeners you'll be back next week for the episode 9 speculation video so um you know thanks as always guys i really do appreciate it uh share on social media review on itunes that usual podcasting stuff and i'll talk to you all next week